You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. I'm Cheyenne Homan. David Atwood, a professor in the chemistry department, specializes in environmental science, specifically removing contaminants such as heavy metals from water. He is also a founder of an upcoming degree program at UK, which would allow students to earn a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental and Sustainability Studies. Atwood discusses how the interdisciplinary approach of the program would fit in with UK's Envision 2020 initiative, and what types of projects and goals the new program would include. I'm David Atwood. I'm in the chemistry department at the University of Kentucky. My research interests are environmental science, specifically removing contaminants from water like arsenic, mercury, cadmium, lead, and in some cases applying the technologies we develop in the laboratory to industrial processes to try to reduce or mitigate contaminant release into the environment. Would you like to give a definition of what sustainability is? So the degree program that we're working on right now has as its foundation sustainability, and our goal is to have issues related to sustainability permeate all the courses and all the activities that the students taking the degree would go through. So in my view, a simple definition of sustainability would be something like reducing, then preventing the adverse environmental and social and economic impacts of society. So that's not exactly the Brundtland definition, but it shows the three areas where we need to pay more attention, and that's the effects that our everyday consumption and activities have on ecosystems, the social implications of products that we use, possibly politics would play a role in that as well, and of course the economic impacts of the products we use in our activities in daily life. Part of the problem that we have is that we treat our ecosystems as though they have absolutely only instrumental value. And so instrumental value means it's value that our environment has that's just for us today, and so it's for our use. So it would be like looking at a forest and saying the only value that forest has is for timber, to build houses, or to make paper, that sort of thing. Now countering that is intrinsic value. So if you treat ecosystems with intrinsic value, then they have value in their own right, and you don't disturb them, displace them, misuse them, in some cases even use them at all, because they have intrinsic value. And you know, those are two sides of a very difficult issue. Now, a term that I created kind of as a joke in a discovery seminar class I gave a couple years ago was intrinsimental. But seriously, the way I looked at it is intrinsimental combines intrinsic value with instrumental value. And the idea behind that is that you really don't know what the instrumental value of a natural product or resource could be in the future. And one good example is native plants that have life-saving drugs within them, so places in rainforest, so that if you treat the resource with intrinsic value, with the idea that it might have instrumental value, then at least with the general public and politicians, you're not trying to just make the case that philosophically and morally this rainforest should exist no matter what under any circumstances. Now, you, you can still believe that, but then you can add the caveat that there is a chance that that rainforest might have instrumental value, so why not treat it like it has intrinsic value? That gets to the point that we actually use resources now with no thought of the future. Intrinsic or instrumental value aside, we know that these resources are finite and limited. The thing that kind of captured me as far as sustainability was the common reading book that the University of Kentucky has just recently announced, No Impact Man by Colin Beaven. This book describes a person's daily life throughout an entire year of where his family does not have any waste whatsoever. 
so all local produce for food, no gasoline, no transportation, no electricity. And so he went through this whole process and there were substantial difficulties learning how to live in that way. And this is in New York City as well. But the thing that actually hit me when I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, there are a lot of things that this person's going through that we can actually do in our lives, number one. Number two, he is actually now aware of the links between what he does every day, the products that he uses, and their ultimate impacts. The third thing that came out was that they were actually a lot happier living with less. The man and his wife both had careers that they continued, so it's not like you have to just give up everything and go live in a cabin in the woods, and perhaps not exactly as drastic as the no-impact man, but you can live a richer, fuller life doing with less. So all this feeds into the new environmental and sustainability studies Bachelor of Arts degree that we've been working on. And I should say that what I'm saying here about the No Impact Man and reading Wendell Berry and whatnot, that's actually mirrored in probably hundreds of faculty across campus. So when we started talking about an environmental and sustainability studies BA degree, the first thing was that we needed separate standalone Bachelor of Arts, so a broad liberal arts education on environmental issues, and not necessarily tied to one discipline or one department, but also that we needed to have the very substantial aspect of sustainability. And this is something that faculty and staff across campus have known for years would be a fantastic idea. So we started working on the BA degree, and it was in the College of Arts and Sciences, and we had essentially at least one faculty member from every department that offered some environmental course. So we have English and philosophy and geography, earth and environmental sciences, sociology, biology, anthropology, and then a few other people as well involved. And the thing that struck me was that the whole thing just really fell into place. You know, it's like uniting to achieve a goal that we all agreed and knew that most other people agreed was worth going after. Now, kind of overriding all this was the fact that our dean in the arts and sciences, Mark Cornblue, had the vision to start this process. So the faculty and staff, you know, we're all here talking about what a great idea all this might be for years, but it was our dean that actually was the catalyst for making it come together. And then when I started reading Envision 2020, the arts and sciences description of where they want to be down the road, a lot of what we were incorporating into our BA degree was actually mirrored within Envision 2020. And four points in particular, innovation, creativity, connectivity, and action. And all four of those are aspects that I think we would agree would be ideal for any kind of undergraduate degree, and in particular, a Bachelor of Arts. So as a Bachelor of Arts degree, we're not focused on the physical and the natural sciences to the degree that you would doing environmental chemistry, where you actually look at the chemical reactions and the processes, and you have major requirements, you know, like mathematics and calculus, physics and biology. You know, there are a lot of courses that you need for a Bachelor of Sciences degree that you don't have to necessarily have to have a successful undergraduate degree. So the BA degree that we're creating is focused on applying sustainability to the interrelationships that exist between society and our global environment. So it's human aspects to some degree, but it's the factual basis for those relationships between what we do on a daily basis and the products that we're consuming. So you'd have things like full cost analysis. So if you have a pencil in your hand, you know, where was it made? 
what resources, who made it, how is it shipped, probably on a big container ship, how much energy went into it, you know, all those types of aspects. So I think at the very foundation of this degree, all of the students will have an awareness of the interconnectedness of things on the earth. And when you say earth, you're necessarily as a human connected to the environment. And I think we sometimes forget that you know, working in an office for 12 hours a day, maybe driving a car to and from work, you forget that the outdoors is where everything that you use originated. And so we need to see those connections much better. So we worked out what we thought would be ideal training for students in a more general way. And one thing that we knew from other classes that we teach in our own departments is that critical thinking is important. So looking at something and not just accepting it for what it is, but trying to dissect it and understand where it originated. Along with that is independent thinking. So you're not letting somebody else tell you your opinions. You know, part of that also is problem solving. In no other area would problem solving be more important than environmental issues. Because usually when you read about it in the newspaper, it's a problem. One thing that this BA degree will do that could be fairly unique is that we're going to focus on written and oral communication, but mostly on the written side. So being able to read documents, books, study them, know where they came from, teach the students how to write well themselves. One of the big criticisms that we have in chemistry is that the students don't know how to write. And I think part of that is that they were never actually taught how to write. And so we have some good courses built into our major requirements, so English 205, Environmental Writing, and then we have Philosophy 336, which is Environmental Ethics. Both of those have writing, critical thinking, problem solving, and a significant amount of independent thinking, because you'll make your own attitudes and opinions about what you're reading. They will also have independent study, and that's ENS 395, and that will be projects that are really at the student's discretion and interest. So it could be writing a document about is nuclear power green or not, you know, something like that, all the way to actual engagement on campus and off campus where you do projects that are taking energy inventories for buildings or campus and determining how much knowledge our students have regarding environmental or ecological issues. And I think part of what our degree will do is actually give them academic knowledge and not just things that they're reading or hearing about. So hopefully our students when they graduate will have a much greater ecological literacy than the average student. You know, we have all kinds of interesting things going with organic farming. The College of Agriculture has a terrific organic farm. We have the farmer's market close by, and then we could look at ways of bringing organic goods onto campus. There's been a lot of talk about sustainable architecture, and there's a whole vast array of internships that could be done. The Kentucky Conservation Committee and state government, there's lots of opportunities in Frankfurt. Then you could do the Sierra Club. There's all kinds of great agencies and groups that you could work with. And I guess, ultimately, this is a liberal arts degree, so it's not strictly a vocational degree in the sense that a chemistry bachelor of sciences can take you straight to a chemical company. The Environmental and Sustainability Studies BA, I think, will do a couple of things. It's going to help students prepare for, perhaps adapt to, a future with more limited resources. I think it's fairly clear that the way we live today, you know, with my air conditioning running nonstop and I have no control over it, we don't live in a sustainable manner. At some point, resources will become less available, and our ENS students will be better equipped to adapt to that future, but they could also make great contributions in their careers or their employment by showing how sustainability could be implemented in their workplace.
you know, overall, we would create better, well-educated citizens. And by citizen, I mean a global citizen. And that's actually something that most of the students I've talked to so far, you ask them, you know, why are you interested in environmental and sustainability studies? They don't say it's because I see a huge career ahead of me, even though I think that with all the training that we're providing, that they will have great careers in many different areas. They're mainly wanting to do something that's valuable and that makes a contribution. So do you know if there's a timeline laid out for this degree program? We were hoping for the fall 2011, and we were on a pretty reasonable track, but it has to go through five different checkpoints before it can be approved by the Board of Trustees. And so right now, we're a little bit behind, so I'm thinking it's going to be spring of 2012. The extra time that we've had, we've been looking at collaborating with the College of Agriculture and their Natural Resources and Environmental Sciences Bachelor of Sciences degree. So they have sort of what you were describing, the BS. It's got you know, a lot of the physical science and mathematics major requirements. And we've been basically making sure that we're fitting well with departments like geography or sociology or earth and environmental sciences. So we did a lot of homework before getting to the point where we are. But now that we have the complete program written out and understandable, we're hoping that departments will take the time and go through it and to see how we fit in. In particular, we want to make sure, number one, that we're not taking majors from any existing program. Looking at synergies, so see how the existence of the BA program can help other departments and do things that they may have wanted to achieve. Now I am getting emails from high school advisors. One said something like, Dear Professor Atwood, my student noticed that UK is starting an environmental degree program. She is now interested in going to UK which I thought was great. And I had to say, well, it's not approved quite yet. But I used the email, I sent it to a few people saying, hey, this is great. You know, we're getting new students because I think that was the dean's intent all along is to create a program that would attract students that might ordinarily not come to UK. So yeah, spring 2012. If anything else you want to add? When I was talking about the projects, we have a long list of projects in our program document here. We have our sustainability coordinator on campus now, Shane Tedder, and the projects that I have listed in this document, most of them came from Shane. And so one of the exciting things is that Shane is a world expert on sustainability, but he's one person and he's doing everything. But now we would actually have in this BA program a way for students within our independent study, ENS 395, work with Shane or work towards goals that Shane has identified. And I think we're going to see that we're going to have a lot of faculty mentors that may have had incipient ideas. I mean, there are students that are working with the Center for Applied Energy Research using coal byproducts as building materials. And so you've got students that maybe in some cases are art students designing things but using sustainable materials. So that's kind of what I'm interested in. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Chemistry for making this podcast possible. For more information about UK's sustainability programs for students, visit www.sustainability.uky.edu.